continue our study of faith walkers. We're working through a number of different Bible characters. Uh, A lot of them come from Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith, but we've also looked at a few others. There's a handout at the back if you uh, didn't get one on your way in. It's got a little outline of what we'll be talking about. Our current character, who we started last week, faith walker, is Isaac. I told you last week that I almost didn't choose Isaac because uh, he's a little bit boring all by himself. He doesn't have a whole lot in his life. He seems to be a, a godly man and a good man and did did well, uh, but there's just not a whole lot to his story. But on the other hand, he's involved in two of the greatest faith stories in the entire Bible. Uh, one was his birth, and one was his sacrifice when he was a young man, a young boy. Uh, so he was involved in them, but they're not really about him, his faith. They're about Abraham's faith. Uh, but I think they're also instructive to us, and since they're such great faith stories, I went ahead and picked Isaac as somebody we should talk about. So tonight uh, we're going to talk about the sacrifice of Isaac, and then we'll have a couple more lessons next two weeks about uh, the rest of his life and get Abraham out of it. Um uh, Abraham, in last week's lesson, uh, was the one who exhibited the faith when Isaac was promised to him, the child of promise. And it took a long time for Isaac to get there, 25 years it took for him to get there. Uh, But Abraham's faith never wavered, and we talked about all of that last week. Uh, Abraham's mentioned three times in the Hall of Faith. Uh, for three different things. He's mentioned for leaving his country. He didn't know where he was going, but he went. Uh, He's mentioned for trusting that uh, Isaac was going to be born. He didn't know how, but he trusted God. And tonight he's uh, mentioned because he sacrificed Isaac, and he didn't know why, but he did it. So uh, if anybody's looking for a good sermon outline, there's one. Uh, Abraham didn't know where or how or why, uh, but he trusted God every time. And tonight we're talking about the why. Uh, We're going to look in Genesis chapter 22. We'll make sure we refresh the story. Uh, Sometimes we think we know the story, but we haven't read it in a while. We're surprised by a few things in there. So let's read uh, Genesis 22, beginning at verse 1. And hopefully you have read or familiar with or were here last week about the child of promise and how difficult that was to get Isaac here and how we finally got him and all that. And now this comes along. Sometime later, we don't know exactly how old Isaac was, but sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, Abraham replied, here I am. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. 
the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Rohi. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time. And said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. All right, quite a famous story. Uh, Some amazing things in there. I just jotted a... Uh, a few down that I thought were especially uh, shocking, perhaps. Uh, I think one of the main points in there is between verse 2 and verse 3. And you say, well, there's nothing between verse 2 and verse 3. Well, you're right. That's the amazing thing. Uh, look at verse 2. God said to Abraham, take your son and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains I'll tell you about. Verse 3 says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. Now, something had to happen between verse 2 and verse 3. That had to be an interesting night. Uh, Perhaps a very difficult night from my way of thinking. Maybe with the faith Abraham had and the faith we're going to talk about tonight that he had, maybe it wasn't that difficult. But to me, when, when God says something that hard, that difficult, to just respond by just immediately doing it is an amazing thing. I mean, that's, for something like that, you probably ought to be called the father of the faithful. You know, I mean, that's a major leaguer there. And that's just the way the Bible tells it. God said, do this. Okay, here I go. And then the other things we're going to look at seem to sound like that's the way Abraham handled it. Uh, verse 5, I thought it's interesting. The servants uh, asked him, well, uh, well, he told the servants, he said, me and the boy are going up on the mountain and we're going to go worship and then we will come back. Uh, He had been commanded to sacrifice Isaac. He fully intended to sacrifice Isaac. But somehow he had the faith, which we're going to try to learn a little more about tonight, to say, we'll come back. 
I'm going to go do what God said, and then we'll come back. Doesn't quite add up. Very interesting. Uh, verse 7, as a father and a grandfather, uh, 7 kind of struck me as a tough part. Two of them are walking up the hill. Uh, Isaac's carrying the wood, and I, Abraham's got the fire and all that. And Isaac says, Daddy, he said, we got the wood and the fire, but where's the lamb? What are we going to sacrifice? That's where I'd have quit, I think. You know, that, that would have been, been what tipped me over the edge. I don't think I could have listened to my boy say, what are we going to sacrifice, Daddy? Well, you. But that wasn't what Abraham said. Abraham still had the faith that we're going to talk about. He said, God's going to take care of it. It's going to be all right. God will provide. Amazing faith in this story. All right, uh, so that's the story. Now, Abraham didn't know why he was doing this. Yeah, it doesn't tell us that he even questioned it. In fact, it tells us over in uh, Hebrews how he reasoned it out, how he thought through it. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. But he didn't know why. So first thing I want to talk about is why would God tell him to do this? You know, what was this whole thing about? I mean, I know the angel comes at the end and says, okay, now I know you're faithful, all that. God reiterates his promise to him, all that. But why was this necessary? Why did Abraham, who had already proved himself so faithful in so many ways, uh, what was this deal about? And I came up with a couple of possible answers. And if you're here on Sunday nights, you know we do a lot of supposing maybe this is why and maybe this is why and you can accept it or reject it as as you will but I think I got a couple of pretty good ideas here tonight one possibility is that Abraham knew a lot about God and knew a lot about who he was and all that but he hadn't quite met Jehovah Yira yet like I said Rohi before Jehovah Yira Jehovah Jireh we usually pronounce it the God who provides Maybe Abraham didn't quite know that. You know, he knew the Jehovah who could do all things, the Almighty, the one who could get a child from a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man. He knew that God, and, and he knew a whole lot of other things about God, but this God, you know, we know it's the same God, but Jehovah Jireh, maybe he hadn't met yet. And God said, okay, this, I, Abraham needs to learn this lesson, that I provide. Maybe he told him something about that when he gave him the orders. But the, Abraham had an understanding of it to some degree. But when it was over, he really understood Jehovah Jireh. Maybe Isaac needed to learn about Jehovah Jireh. So that's a possibility that God's going to just show him this side of himself. Another possibility, and I've got no scriptural proof at all for it, but human-wise, I think of it, 
Can you imagine going through all the years that Abraham did waiting for the son and being promised to great nations and all these offspring and on and on, and finally he's got Isaac? Okay. And now after all these years of leaving home and everything else that he's put up with, he's going to get this blessing. He's going to get these offspring. He's going to get these generations and nations and all of that. Can you see where he might have begun to put his trust in Isaac? Where he might have thought, okay, now i got Isaac. The deal's done. I'm going to get all these things. And maybe sometimes we do that is we get something or we're given something by God, and Isaac was definitely a gift of God. We get ability or talents or whatever, or look, and we get to thinking, I can handle this. You know, we may start out realizing God gave me this, but then we start to trust in it, maybe. Now that I've got this, I will get future blessings. And I realize it's kind of a fine point, but if we stop thinking, okay, God will give me my future blessings and I will get them because of me or my offspring or something, maybe Abraham started going there. Started thinking, okay, Isaac's going to get me all these blessings. Uh, One reason I came up with that is because there's other things in the Bible like that. Remember the rich young ruler? What did he trust in? He trusted in his riches. He had worked hard. He had done good all his life. And he had all these riches. And he said, now I got it made. So what did Jesus tell him? Go sacrifice all of them. Get rid of them. He wouldn't do it. He wasn't willing to do it. But if he would have, he would have learned. He would have met Jehovah Jireh. That God provides stuff for us. But... He, he didn't. Abraham, maybe that was the test. Is do you, do you trust me enough that even though I've told you Isaac is the way to the blessing, that you're willing to sacrifice Isaac? Like I say, suppositions. I don't know. Okay, this isn't supposition. This is Hebrews 11. This is holy writ. Hebrews 11, verse 17. This is the Hall of Faith account of what we just read in Genesis. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Interesting statement. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, through Isaac shall your promised offspring come. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Okay? Now that's kind of a, a nuanced argument, shall we say. So let's think through it a little bit here. He, Abraham's thinking was, okay, God told me all my blessings are going to come through Isaac. Now he's telling me to kill Isaac. But... The promise is that all my blessings are going to come through Isaac. So even if I do what he says, I'm going to have Isaac somehow. Well, how would that work? Well, God could raise the dead. 
I mean, that's what the writer of Hebrews tells us went on in Abraham's head. He did question it. He did think about it. But he went back to standing on the promises. What was the promise? Isaac is where you're going to get all your blessings. Okay, he told me to kill him. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But he's God. He can do it if he wants to. In fact, the first little phrase there, and that says, Abraham, by faith, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Did, did he kill Isaac? No. So where did this sacri- where did the offering take place? Abraham's mind. He killed Isaac in his mind. That that night when he was in his tent sleeping, he was killing Isaac. So I'm going to take him up there and kill him because that's what God said. On the way up, his mind was, I'm going to kill him when he picked the knife up. He was ready to kill him. So, and it says that he offered Isaac. He, he, as good as dead, figuratively speaking, he got him back from the dead. I mean, when that angel said stop, in Abraham's mind, Isaac was already dead. The knife had already come down. He was gone. The angel stopped him, and Abraham figuratively received him back from the dead. Now, now, we're going to apply some of this in a little bit, but let's just do a little application right now. You, you see how that reasoning works? When you question God, when something goes wrong, you lose your job, let's say, in this economy, that's a good example, something like that. You don't know why this is happening, but if you go back to the basics, does God want me poor and jobless? Well, let's go back. Did God want Isaac dead? No, he said that's where all the blessings were going to come from. Does God want you poor and jobless? No, he didn't want that. He may want you to sacrifice something you're trusting in so you meet Jehovah Jireh. Possibility there. If you put your trust in that and you think you can handle everything, uh, it may be something that's required for you to sacrifice it in your mind so you understand God is where everything comes from. Just saying, maybe. All right, next thing I put down here is there's a difference between a test and a temptation. And I don't want to go into that great detail, but this is a test. This wasn't a temptation. This isn't something that tempted Abraham to do lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, any of that. This was a really, truly test from God. Why do they give you tests in school? And tests aren't temptations in school. Why do they give you tests? Some of you say, well, see if you learned anything. Well, maybe it's a little deeper than that. Maybe it's so you will learn something. You know, how much would you have learned in college if you didn't have to take a test? Yeah, I know the answer. <laughs> I learned a whole lot of things that the only reason I learned them is because the test was coming up. Yeah. So maybe 
God gave him this test because he needed to learn really truly who Jehovah Jireh is. And the reason I stress that is because, see, we look at and people sometimes, skeptics, um, atheists, agnostics, look at this one. They like this one. They say, you're God. Told a guy to kill his only son. What kind of God is that? What if your God tells you to kill your son? You still believe in God? Well, so that's a trick question. Because the trick question, the, the question is, or the answer is, that God wasn't testing me. He was testing the father of the faithful. He was dealing with somebody special here. He wasn't dealing with me or you. He doesn't have that kind of test for us. And on top of that, this wasn't Abraham's first test. I mean, this was a hard one. This was his last test. This is the biggie. And and he just kept reiterating his promise, and that's what he did after this one. said, okay, you're going to get the promise. And, yeah, we can draw some pictures there about what if God told me to do this or that, but... The test that was suitable for Abraham for reasons that only God knows was to sacrifice his son. And Abraham passed that test. He learned what he was supposed to learn. Okay, so those are just some observations on it. Now let's see if we can apply this to our faith walk. Um, One question I propose is, uh, are all the bad things that happen in your life, are they all tests from God some people talk about it like that, and some people would suggest that if they aren't very God-believing, but the answer is no. There's a whole lot of stuff that happens in life that isn't a test from God. A whole lot of it is temptations from Satan that we fall for, that get us into messes, but really, truly tests from God. I think we ought to be pretty careful about using that term, perhaps, uh, but because there's some danger in it. For instance, there are some people that have lost a son to some unfair way, and some unsensing soul might say, well, read Genesis 22. That's the way God tested Abraham, is not losing his son. No, he's not testing you by you losing your son, your daughter, your child. He will make it work for good. That's one of his promises that you can rely on. But tests from God in our life, I'd I'd be a little careful about using that term in the sense that Abraham was tested here. Uh, Yeah, things happen that develop our faith. Things happen that teach us a lesson that we need to know. But to blame anything bad or everything bad on a test from God, I think it's a little dangerous. Second one, have you ever had this kind of faith? We asked that last week about the birth thing. Have you ever believed God when you didn't know why something was necessary? I don't know why this is happening to me. And maybe it's that job loss I mentioned before. Maybe it's something else. 
Well, even when we don't know why, like we said last week, when we don't know how, like we, when Abraham first got the order to leave her, when you don't know where, when you don't know that stuff, that's when faith comes in. If you always know how and why, you don't need faith. Okay? I can reason a lot of things out. I can figure it out. Okay, I know why this happened. <laughs> because I did this wrong or this happened or something else went wrong or all that. But when I get down to trying to reason it out, and I don't know why. I don't know why this is happening. When faith kicks in, that's when faith is required. Some people lose their faith. I don't know why that happened to my child or my family or this or that. No, that's what faith is about, is answering those kind of questions. Okay, last one. Since we're talking about Isaac and we've been bragging mostly about Abraham, how do you think this affected Isaac? I don't know how old he was. He was old enough to talk and old enough to ask Abraham questions and old enough to carry the firewood. Well, he must have been a pretty big kid. I don't know how old he was. How do you think this affected him? It would have been quite an experience, wouldn't it? When Daddy says, lay down here and let me tie you up so you don't fight back when I lift the knife, uh, that's a little traumatic. Yeah. But what we know what came out in Isaac's life was he's, he was a godly man, a faithful man. He grew up trusting God. Well, the lesson, even though this is a pretty extreme example, is what did he see his daddy doing? Trusting God. Obeying God, whatever. Saying, I am responsible for this. If God said it, i got to take care of it. And I'm sure Abraham told him stories. Son, 100 years ago, 80 years ago, I lived in Ur. You know why I left Ur? Jehovah told me to. I didn't know where I was going. All these things have happened since and all that, but he's blessing us because of it. I mean, I know he heard those stories about Ur. You think Abraham ever or Sarah ever told him about his birth? Well, they had to explain it when he went to kindergarten because, you know, all the other kids' parents were 30. You know, and mom and dad were 105 and 95. So, so he had to explain it somehow to him. And he heard the story of his birth. Yeah, God, Jehovah told me you were going to be born when I was 76. That didn't happen until I was 100. But God can do those kind of things. And then this story had to be the, the major event in Isaac's life. And, and I know Abraham explained it to him afterwards. Here's why I did that. Here's what I thought. Here's what I believe about God. Here's what I learned today that Jehovah really will provide. I thought you were the sacrifice. And God provided something better. 
God provided an easier way. I, I, I know that Isaac heard those stories about things that happened before he was born, and he witnessed Abraham being faithful no matter whether he knew where or how or why, he still did what God said. That's how you produce faithful children. You obey God. You walk by faith. Okay, so hope some of that helps as we consider Isaac, and we'll tackle a couple other topics about him in the weeks to come. Lesson is yours. If you're here and need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we'd be happy to help you with whatever's on your heart. Uh, Brother Tim's going to come lead an invitation song. If you need to come, come. Let's stand and sing.